Portions of Native Roots Radio may be pre-recorded. It's a good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut any cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Karagi, welcome to Macho Horos uh, Studios here in the Twin Cities. You are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. I'm here with Ogama and we discuss local and national Native news and events. And as you know, Ogama, Native issues are human issues and human issues are Native issues. And this portion of the show is brought to you by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Hey, we got an author on today, Kathy Coates, uh, author of the soon-to-be-released To Banish Forever, A Secret Society, uh, The Ho-Chunk, and Ethnic Cleansing in Minnesota. Um, very interesting. We had her on earlier, and they're ready. Uh, Minnesota Historical Society is ready to drop uh, the book. So really excited to have her on and talk about history, which I love the most. Well, I love history, and I love baseball, and baseball season's opening up tomorrow, so I'm super stoked and excited. We also, uh, Ogama, as you know, we have a, uh, a pop-up kiosk at the Twin Stadium, uh, Target Field, for 80 games, and we'll be have Native Ritz Trading Post out there uh, doing our thing, uh, fighting... Uh, <laughs> fighting, uh, uh, what word am I looking for? Uh, you know, uh, people stealing our stuff one t-shirt at a time here. Appropriation? Is thank that you. you. Yes, okay. thank you. <laughs> okay, Ogama, go ahead uh, with the news that you don't hear anywhere else. Enough of me babbling. Hey, yeah, um, I just wanted to start with um, condolences to uh, the families of the shooting, the most recent shooting in Nashville, Tennessee, um, and, you know, just kind of to point it out um, that this is this is really getting old, uh, that we have this happening again and again and again. Um, this uh, it looks like... Um, there is the um, Covenant School in Nashville that just most recently had a shooting. And I believe the um, the last thing that I seen on it is that uh, three students, all age nine, uh, mm -hmm. had died. And um, yeah. three um, teachers as well were injured or had died. And it's right. just, I mean, Obama, I just can't. As a mother, sending your child to school and having another one. I mean, I'm a normal citizen now. I'm not a high school teacher anymore, and I'm wondering when, who's next and where and when. Yeah, you know, I've, I've seriously um, considered contemplating, or I, I've seriously contemplated and considered homeschooling my oldest, um, which is something that um, we would have the luxury of being able to do, and I know a lot of families don't. Um, and that's been something that I've been speaking about with other parents in my community is, is if I'm able to be home um, with my oldest um, to do some sort of homeschool curriculum, could I um, have other kids here? If, if Could other kids join her? Um, so that's something that people in my community are talking about. And, you know, I kind of thought that I was maybe being a little unreasonable. And, you know, you start to think like, you know, not here, not my not my community. It could never happen here. And you start to kind of slip into that. And, you know, I mentioned it to um, my mom the other day. Uh, she's like, you know, why are you considering homeschooling your oldest? And I was like, well, honestly, you know, the school shootings have us nervous. And right. she just agreed with me. And I wasn't even really expecting that, you know, and, and it was really um, eye opening to see that I, I'm not overreacting to think that the safest thing is to not send my child to a public school or to a school at all. Right. Um, and that's, that's a scary place to be in as a family. Well, you know, the lawmakers are not making laws. They're uh, making laws, banning books and really paranoid about our GLBT community. And um, 
You know, one of the senators a couple days ago, uh, I think her representative from Tennessee said that he, they asked him about it and he said he's going to check into it. We don't want to overreact. And um, overreaction is uh, long overdue, I think. I think so, too. I mean, we don't want to overreact. Um, you know, thoughts and prayers do nothing for dead children. Right. And and I'm sorry to be so frank about it. But uh, the time has come and gone for people to overreact. And, um, Correct. you know, the kind of the kind of things that happened after the murder of George Floyd and, um, you know, other other people at the hands of police, um, you know, that is the level I would expect to be at as a parent. But I think that. Um, you know, we, we can't even trust the police. So, so what are we supposed to do as parents? What are we, what action do we take now? And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I think the answer to this is really obvious. Uh, you know, we need more, we need better gun laws. We need better gun yeah. uh, laws that protect people from getting guns and we need, um, more education about it as well. But I mean, there have been you know, a total of 304 fatal school shootings since Columbine in 1998. And that's wow. 380,000 children that have experienced gun violence at school. That does not even count children who may have experienced gun violence in places outside of school. I mean, this is... Um, this well, is on. It's the 19th shooting this year, uh, either yeah. a school or a college. Mm-hmm. 19th. And it's March 29th. It's not even April yet. Right. Yeah. I, I yeah. I, I think words are, are pointless at this point and uh, we need, we need some action. And uh, for those of you who are, um, you know, looking to take action, the first and best place I think everybody should go is immediately to their legislators. Um, but there are other ways. So if anybody has any really great, um, websites or organizations that they work with uh when it comes to this topic uh please let us know put it in the comments put it in the chat and and we'll we'll try to share it out here before the end of the show i want to switch gears just a little bit here uh to remind everybody of another danger that's happening here in minnesota and that is uh copper and nickel mining and uh friends of the boundary waters as well as other organizations including the tamarack uh, Water Alliance, Honor the Earth, and Sierra Club are all going to be at the Minnesota State Capitol for Prove It First Day at the Minnesota Capitol. That's going to be next Tuesday, April 4th, 2023. Prove It First is common sense legislation that says that before a copper sulfide mine in Minnesota could be permitted, that there needs to be independent scientific proof that a copper sulfide mine has operated elsewhere in the United States for at least 10 years without causing pollution and that mine has been closed for at least 10 years without closing without causing pollution Uh, the types of mines that they want to open here in minnesota have never been done in other places in the world let alone in the united states without pollution and um you know the the statement is minnesota is not a guinea pig for these companies to um extract these things and figure out whether or not um it's going to pollute. So um, the Prove It First law is actually modeled after a Wisconsin law that was in effect from 1998 until 2017, but it was actually repealed uh, by former Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker. Um, oh. But Wisconsin did not permit any culper, copper sulfide mines from 1998 to 2017 because of that Prove It First law that they had there. So um, great organizations you can get involved with include the Tamarack Water Alliance, which you can find at Tamarack Water alliance.org honorearth.org is working on this as well sierraclub.org is having an event a virtual event uh, tomorrow thursday march 30th from 6 30 to 8 p.m you can find that online at sierraclub.org under the events tab it is with the uh, sierra club north star chapter and that's a virtual event so get involved to protect minnesota uh, from the dangers of copper and nickel mining and get involved to protect our children from Gun violence, everybody. Yeah, Pinigi Yogama. It's daunting. Uh, every day we talk about the news, whether it's pipelines, dirty water. I mean, Philadelphia, people can't even drink their own water now. Uh, it's uh, a mess. It's daunting. Uh, but up mm-hmm. next, hey, we got author Kathy Coates, and we're going to talk some serious Ho Chunk stuff. And uh, 
the removal of Ho-Chunks in Minnesota and her new book. We'll be right back after this short break. Please stay with us. We are your relatives. We are your relations. Brothers. Sisters. Sons. Daughters. And and some of us are your grandchildren. grandchildren. We are your community. Historically, we held places of honor and respect. Because of the impact of colonization, some of us are rejected, thrown out from family, friends, and community, set up as targets for sexual violence, sex trafficked, humiliated, tortured, and murdered. Everybody has the right to be safe. We are your relatives. Remember, homophobia is not traditional. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Boost your immunity and help protect your community. COVID-19 is still here, but it's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help build protection that has decreased since your last shot and provide better protection against newer variants. Boosters are an important part of protecting yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Boost your immunity and help protect your community. COVID-19 is still here, but it's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help build protection that has decreased since your last shot and provide better protection against newer variants. Boosters are an important part of protecting yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, this portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic, honoring health and tradition. Yes, they are. Thanks, Ogma. Hey, we are here with author Kathy Coates. Really excited to have you on again, Kathy, and I think... uh, very soon your book will be dropped, am I correct? Yes, hopefully in the fall or the winter. <laughs> hopefully in the fall we're looking at. <laughs> That's awesome. It's pretty much done writing. We're in the final parts of it. It's just going to go to print in the, in the fall, we're hoping. so. Very cool. Hey, I met you, or, and you've been on the show, when you did your thesis a few years ago, uh, the ex- extermination or removal of the Knights of the Forest and Ethnic cleansing in early Minnesota and about the Ho-Chunk and that really got me excited and got me with my other job as Ho-Chunk legislator got me going uh, uh, to try and get Ho-Chunk recognized in this state so I'm really happy that you're doing this work and uh, have done this work and uh, tell us a little bit about your thesis and what got you uh, going on this. Sure well my thesis focuses on what happened to the Ho-Chunk in Mankato and Blue Earth County, Minnesota in 1862 and 1863 after the U.S.-Dakota War. Um, I talk about the Ho-Chunk history a lot in my thesis, but uh, the focus of it is this secret society that formed targeting the Ho-Chunk people in the very first months right after the U.S.-Dakota War. Um, So for some of you that don't know, the U.S.-Dakota War happened in 1862 in uh, uh, Mankato, Minnesota, and it was with Dakota and the U.S. And the Ho-Chunk people weren't really involved. There's some reports of little priests and other people being involved, but it was a war with the Dakota. And in the aftermath of that war, some men formed a secret society and they had a ritual and a handshake and all they wanted to do was to have the whole chunk removed from Blue Earth County. Uh, Here's a quote from their ritual. I sincerely hope this meeting may be profitable to each one of us and that we may go forth from this lodge stronger and braver in the determination to banish forever from our beautiful state 
every Indian who now desecrates our soil. Wow. Even though they said that they're, they, they wrote newspaper articles, they were really targeting the Ho-Chunk. And in later years, they wrote articles about how they surrounded the reservation with rifles and they were ready to shoot anybody that left the reservation. They say they did shoot people. Uh, you know, it's possible that they did. And they they pressured the government, basically. A lot of them were part of the government. They were in the state legislature. And they sent all kinds of petitions to the federal government. It, the petitions weren't even really necessary because there had already been an act for removal in December. And the Ho-Chunk, or the Knights of the Forest didn't form until January. They just thought that the act wouldn't get approved, I guess. So they basically targeted the Ho-Chunk for these three months until they left Minnesota. And when, when the Ho-Chunk people left, they weren't, there was no treaty signed or anything like that. They were forced to move. And some Winnesheek and his people were forcibly removed by soldiers from the reservation, which had happened at almost every place that, that the soldiers had to remove them. It was actually some in Wisconsin, they sobbed and they really, they really forced them at gunpoint onto trains and brought them to reservations. It was, it was a really brutal removal as far as, I mean, all of the removals were, but forcing them on the boxcars, um, and another thing that was a little bit unique about the Ho-Chunk removal from Mankato was the fact that they didn't have a treaty. They were they were really just forced by an act. They didn't mm -hmm. seem to care what the Ho there was no negotiations or anything. They just said you have to leave. And because how, of that, how accurate is the statement the Knights of uh, Forest are the precursor of uh, the Ku Klux Klan? How accurate is that statement? I mean, they were, they were around the same time. Um, they, there's a possibility that there was some of the same people in the groups. It's, I have a hard time tracking of who exactly was in the Knights of the Forest. I really only know four people for sure. And um, all the other people I can just guess because the men at this time were really in this really complicated web of social groups. So it's, wow. it's kind of easy to track them, but also kind of not. They were in uh, church groups together at times, and then they were in um, different secret societies uh, uh, like the Masons, the Knights of Columbus. Uh, and then sometimes it had to do with whether they were Catholic or not, or, um, you know, things like that. But a lot of that was just really so they could keep function and keep their control over society at the time. Um, yeah, but, you, in your thesis, you did track down a few of them that were, uh, that you named, uh, that were prominent and have deep history in the, the state of Minnesota. Yes. Well, and the four... The four Knights of the Forest that I that I know for sure, the, the most prominent one that wrote about it the most was Charles Chapman. <clears throat> and he's he's a big name in Mankato. Um, he's got a historical house there that's on the historical registry. He's he's regarded by some people as the one of the town fathers of Mankato. And he was particularly vocal about his membership in years later, he wrote about it several times in many publications in most in most detail in the newspaper. He's got a street named after him that some high school students are looking at, possibly renaming. Um, there's John Meager who was involved in the hanging of the Dakota people after the war. Um, Asa Barney and his brothers, they were involved all around town um john portman he was a reporter he was uh he was a legislature all of them were legislatures all of them served in the state legislature um henry sibley and henry rice and they were 
involved in all of this. <laughs> it's possible they were in the Knights of the Forest. It's not 100%. Um, I haven't been able to connect anybody else for 100%, but I have a lot of a lot of Maybe. suspicions and a lot of ways to connect them to being around at the time of their meetings. What got you and interested? What, what got you interested in the not so much the Ho Chunk because they ended up being part of it, but uh, the Knights Knights of the Forest was that what you first were interested in when you were doing your thesis, or how did that come about? Yeah, so I took a history class in uh, one of my first years in college, and the professor had us read Winona Leduc's book, uh, Last Standing Woman, and she's got a chapter in there about the knights. It's sort of a fictionalized version of the knights, but there is a quote at the beginning of the chapter that's from the, um, it's an actual quote from the newspaper, and I chased down that quote, and I chased down the knights, basically, to, I, I knew they were real, um, so I just wanted to find out more about them, and uh, you know, that sounded very Ku Klux Klan-ish, and I think a lot of Minnesotans have this idea that during the Civil War and during that time, we were on the good side, and we didn't have things like the Ku Klux Klan, and, and that's not true. There were Ku Klux Klan up here. There's historical societies in nor northern Minnesota that have Klan robes, and wow. there were Knights of the Forest, which were basically the same thing targeting Ho-Chunk people. Yeah, amazing. So I think part of that was wanted to tell that story and contribute to truth-telling in Minnesota history. Yeah, that's uh, that's exciting. And I was really excited to... Uh, somebody sent me your thesis uh, a couple years ago, and uh, I uh, have an app where I can have the words play and whenever i would walk i would listen to it and then uh, we got you on the show which was really exciting we're going to take a break here soon and we're going to talk about your upcoming book and uh really excited i love history i love baseball and i love history and we have baseball starting tomorrow and we're talking history right now so i'm super stoked ogama what do you think uh you have you heard this history of the ho-chunks and the the uh and the um Knights of the Forest? Yeah, so actually I, I've looked into and, and seen some parts of and definitely the synopsis of your thesis and, and I've heard some of this history um, alongside the same ethnic cleansing history that happened to the Dakota people here in Minnesota and um, I think that those are very parallel and I'm, I'm very glad that you're taking the time to do this work because truth-telling is the first step in justice and it, none of it can happen none of the justice or reparations or anything can happen until we really start truthfully admitting that these things happened here and um, making sure that they don't happen again. So I, I'm excited to hear you talk about that and uh, looking forward to your next book. Wow. Hey, well said, Ogma. Hey, we're here with Ogma and author Kathy Coates, and we'll be back after this short break. You are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. I'm woke. ho -wah. No one should have to choose between a paycheck and their health. Whether it's for a new baby, an unexpected illness, or an aging parent, Minnesotans deserve time to care for themselves and their families. That's why Minnesota Democrats are fighting for all working people to have paid family and medical leave. Learn more about how Democrats are standing up for working families and small businesses at PaidLeaveMN.org. That's PaidLeaveMN.org. Paid for by Minnesota AFL-CIO. The Senior Linkage Line is a free statewide service of the Minnesota Board on Aging in partnership with Trellis. I have volunteered with seniors nearly 15 years working alongside their compassionate team. I am honored to partner with Trellis as we help our elders find housing, compare costs of Medicare prescriptions, and learn how to avoid fraud and scams targeting seniors. We help our elders optimize well-being as they age, and we can help you too. Reach out today at trellisconnects.org. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. 
City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Judge Janet Protosiewicz is running to provide you with the justice you deserve. For years, Judge Janet has supported the youth and underrepresented communities. Judge Janet has strong values for public education and believes in setting our communities up for success. Judge Janet believes that Native rights are sovereign rights. Judge Janet understands the importance of issues such as missing and murdered Indigenous women, treaty rights, and hunting and gathering. Unlike her opponent, Judge Janet not only talks the talk, but walks the walk. Judge Janet knows the impact that our courts have on our communities, and she will bring integrity and fairness to the court. Judge Janet Protasewicz will fight for us. Let's fight for them. Make a plan to vote by April 4th. Find your polling place at vote.wisdoms.org. That's vote.wisdoms.org. Vote.wisdoms.org backslash EV. Paid for by the Democratic Party of Wisconsin as an in-kind to Janet for Justice. Winter is here, and there's a good chance your home isn't being heated efficiently. And it's likely because of air sealing and insulation problems. Inadequate attic insulation is the leading contributor to high energy bills, cold rooms, and ice dams. Great news, the energy-efficient pros at Snap Construction can fix it all. Stop the heat from leaking out and save. Call 612-333-SNAP or visit snapconstruction.com for your free infrared energy inspection. Install with Snap Construction and qualify for over $750 in rebates and incentives. State and city programs are now offering 0% financing for qualifying insulation upgrades. So call Snap Construction for your free insulation energy consultation and start saving on your energy bills. Call 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP. Or visit snapconstruction.com. Snap Construction is arguably the most well-reviewed insulation and exterior contractor in the metro area. Visit snapconstruction.com. This is Angela Warner from Warner Stellion. Does everything seem more expensive these days? Once you get over the sticker shock, then there's tax. Well, Warner Stellion's offering some relief. Whether you need to replace a broken appliance or you're ready for that appliance you've dreamt about, we invite you to take a vacation from inflation during our 7.5% tax rebate sale. On top of instant savings, now through April 3rd, we'll also save you the tax. There's no better time to buy, and no one will treat you or your wallet better than the appliance specialist, Warner Stellion. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for clear skies tonight with a low around 13, Thursday some light snow with a high near 39, and Friday rain and snow with a high around 40. Discover the magic of Crooner's Supper Club. From the incredible shows to the cozy ambiance of Maggie's Lounge, there's no better place to spend an evening with friends, family, or that special someone. Crooner's Supper Club is located off Moore Lake and Highway 65. More at croonersmn.com. Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, this portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Development Institute. Yes, it is. Thank you, Ogma. Hey, uh, we are here with Kathy Coates, and uh, I got to mention something, Kathy, before we start talking about your book. You won uh, or were acknowledged as one of the... uh, uh, one of the best thesis of the your year it was an award here. I just had this up. Uh, what the heck? Sorry yeah. about that. What award <laughs> was that, Kathy? <laughs> it was a distinguished thesis award. It, it was the year when the year I got my master's degree for it. Yep. It yeah. Was, it's yep. Yeah, it's award and it's you win at the university level and then you win. Not a lot of history people win because you going up against science people and stuff. But (laughs) so it was a big deal for me to win. Um, But and then you can compete nationally and regionally, which I don't think I made it very far there. But it got um, it got the attention of the Historical Society Press and they reached out to me to 
to try to develop it into a book. So that's what I've been working on ever since then. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you, how did that come about and how exciting is that? And have you written any other books before? No, this is going to be the first one. And I'm, you know, it's not, it's a lot of the reason I've been working on it. And for 10 years, if you go all the way back to when I first started in, in college working on it, so a lot of the research background is done. So um, doing it as a book has just meant, uh, you know, developing it more, uh, working more with Ho-Chunk people to um, get the history part down there, trying to track down, uh, you know, doing traveling a little more to try and track down these guys and try to find people who were in this, what they were doing, um, just a lot more in-depth research, I guess, and, and work with like that, uh, to making it more less of a student paper and more of a, a publication, I guess. So, but cool. yeah. what, uh, what, uh, what was the hardest? Well, let me ask you this. Who, who have you worked with, uh, uh in Ho-Chunk? Uh, so I don't know if I should say their name publicly. <laughs> they haven't, <laughs> they haven't quite given me permission, but okay. I had a few people, I had a few people in, uh, Omaha and in Nebraska that I, I made a trip to Little Priest College there. And mm -hmm. um, that's basically where I did a lot of my Ho-Chunk research on oral traditions and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. I've just started looking working with people from Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And I have some blind readers that are about to give me some criticism that are going to be from the Ho-Chunk people as well. And they're supposed to be getting it in May. <laughs> so May May is gonna be sort of my sending it out to the scholars that I've been working with to be blind readers, to give nice. me their uh, criticism back. So I don't yeah. know who they are. And then, <laughs> and then um, that will be the best criticism that I get. And then I will be sending it out to some of the other leaders of the, um, in Wisconsin and in Omaha at the same time. Right. And you, <laughs> of <Right>. course. <laughs> there's a, there's one, a... one of the representatives of Minnesota. <laughs> right. But, awesome. Um, one of the uh, Ho-Chunk historians that I've leaned the most on for she's got the most publications is Amy Lone Tree. Right. And uh, so she's, she's a, a scholar that has been, um, I've leaned on, I, I've quoted her a lot in the book and um, I've leaned on her a lot for um, the research. So I think that's awesome. I, yeah. <laughs> I think she's, a, she's a professor right <laughs> in California and she's a constituent of mine. <laughs> oh yes. Yes. So, and yes. <laughs> yeah. So, and I am trying, you know, um, I, I try to document, you know, Ho-Chunk people were here in Minnesota, you know, before Minnesota was Minnesota. And, right. you know, there's that the Ho-Chunk people have always been here. They're still here. You know, I try to make an argument that we are here and I make some statements. I make quite a few statements in the book. We'll see if they make it through the edits. Yeah. <laughs> About, but, you know, um, you know, whether that you guys sh should be recognized in Minnesota and, you know, and just all the tribes about land back and issues like that. And um, I think it'll come out in the end. Um, most I know most of the minute, uh, you know, most people that I talk to are more interested in the secret society stuff than the mm -hmm. whole chunk history part of it. Um which is, it's, it's interesting, yeah, it sure <laughs> but, is. Um, whatever we can do to get attention and, you know, truth telling, you know, like we're, like Ogama was saying, like that's the first step in, in justice work is getting people to recognize the stories and the truth telling. And um, I'm really focused on what happened in Mankato and the, the colonial, the, the colonist settlers that were there, uh, what they did and how they work and uh, just how systems of power operated right. then. And uh, 
but I do, there was a sense of needing to understand Ho-Chunk history the way Ho-Chunk people want, want it to be understood, I guess. And right. wanting to present it the way they want it presented. <laughs> right. Um, the best that I can. <laughs> so, well, um, what's, what's I've been trying to develop that and I'm still working on it, but that's been my main focus on the book because I know as a student in the thesis, that was my biggest, uh, that's where I needed the most work. What's interesting in your thesis, and I'm sure you're going to get into this in the book, but uh, people just took over the farmland right in the middle of the crops growing when the Ho-Chunk were removed and just moved right in. Yeah, they just took, some of them had houses, they just moved right into their houses and yeah, took over their crops. And it was, there was a few people who refused to leave the entire time they had made claims on land at the time you could make claims on land and so they didn't know that the reservation was going to be there when they made a claim on this land so when the ho-chunk people first moved there a lot of people had were forced to move off where the reservation was carved out and those people threw up a, a huge protest and all kinds of petitions they didn't like being removed from their claims <laughs> And there was a few people that never did. They sat, they lived there, um, thinking of his name, Basil Moreland lived there the entire time the Ho-Chunk people were there. He just lived, <laughs> he lived on the reservation with them and he fought it in court until the day he died <laughs> wow. to try to get the government to pay him for that claim of land. Even the government did pay them all. He, I think he just didn't, it wasn't enough money for him or something. So, but they, they were paid. <laughs> so, um, a, what's interesting, yeah. Ogama, uh, you're a writer, and Ogama, uh, when we first had Ogama on the show, when we were on once, once a week, she wrote a weekly story, which I really miss. We should probably pull a couple of those out for the best of. But, Ogama, do you have any questions? Because you're a writer too. Yeah, you know, I don't know that I'm the same kind of writer that Kathy is. Kathy is a very well-researched and a highly knowledgeable writer and really doing some really great work um, to bring awareness. My, my work's maybe a little more, I don't know, whimsical or personal, my personal feelings on things. But I guess that would be my question is, you know, how, how do you emotionally handle the knowledge of what you're writing about? So... Sometimes history work can be really tough emotionally. Um, uh, so when I was in grad school, I took a class in the Holocaust. <clears throat> and that class, um, you know, a lot of history is, is tough, but the class in the Holocaust was, was really tough at times. Some of the stories and the details of it get really tough to take. And there, I remember one night, uh, one of my classmates was crying in class and just because we were discussing our readings. And <clears throat> so that, that part is tough. Um, for me personally, the, the way I handle it is that I, I mean, and I suppose you could think this way about a lot of things, but I, it wasn't, a, it's not hard for me to write about it and read about it as it was for these for people to live it. So, um, <clears throat> so I try to keep that perspective. I mean, I'm, I'm with my computer in a nice warm office and, um, I, you know, I, it was harder for them to live it than it is for me to read about it. So if I can take on some of that baggage and help in any way I can, that's, that's what I want to do. It's part of, it's part of justice work. And that's, it's it's part of my it's my passion in life is is trying to do justice work and so this this is this is it right here is is history for me so um so i guess it, it's it, it's my justice work <laughs> i guess when it comes down to it that's that's the way i look at it well but kathy it is, i know it's tough <laughs> Kathy, I want I want you to come on uh, just one more segment for just a little bit and then tell people where they can 
purchase the book and talk a little bit more about it. Uh, really appreciate you being on. And uh, uh, are are you working on another book too at the same time? Or I know you're a full time oh, parent. This and is all we're doing right now, yep. But I right. will. I will be probably the second this one comes out. I'll probably start something else. <laughs> Wow, that's exciting. Hey, we're here with uh, Kathy Coates, and uh, watch for her new book, To Banish Forever, A Secret Society, The Ho-Chunk, and Ethnic Cleansing in Minnesota. We're going to be right back uh, after this short break. Please, everybody, stay with us. You're listening to Native Brits Radio. Judge Janet Protasewicz is running to provide you with the justice you deserve. For years, Judge Janet has supported the youth and underrepresented communities. Judge Janet has strong values for public education and believes in setting our communities up for success. Judge Janet believes that Native rights are sovereign rights. Judge Janet understands the importance of issues such as missing and murdered Indigenous women, treaty rights, and hunting and gathering. Unlike her opponent, Judge Janet not only talks the talk, but walks the walk. Judge Janet knows the impact that our courts have on our communities, and she will bring integrity and fairness to the court. Judge Janet Protasewicz will fight for us. Let's fight for them. Make a plan to vote by April 4th. Find your polling place at vote.wisdoms.org. That's vote.wisdoms.org. Vote.wisdoms.org backslash EV. Paid for by the Democratic Party of Wisconsin as an in-kind to Janet for Justice. No one should have to choose between a paycheck and their health. Whether it's for a new baby, an unexpected illness, or an aging parent, Minnesotans deserve time to care for themselves and their families. That's why Minnesota Democrats are fighting for all working people to have paid family and medical leave. Learn more about how Democrats are standing up for working families and small businesses at PaidLeaveMN.org. That's PaidLeaveMN.org. Paid for by Minnesota AFL-CIO. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let let howl. howl. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Oh, you just made me howl by myself today. <laughs> okay. I was on mute. I'm sorry Ooh. about that. Thank you, Miigwech. Thank you. My wow. daughter always howls when we listen. <laughs> Very cool. Well, uh, Ogma, do you mind uh, that uh, amplify what uh, what we can do to support uh, Kathy and when the book's coming out and uh, defining a little bit more? Yeah, I was just hoping that maybe we could take a moment and define justice work for those who may not be familiar with that term. Um, And then I wanted to talk a little bit about where we can get your book. Do you want to give the definition? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. Go for it. (laughs) Or you want me to? (laughs) Oh, I was hoping you would or or define it how how you would define it for yourself, because I think there's a lot of different definitions of it, but I'd like to hear yours. My definition of it for myself is really just um, helping everyone and basically doing what you can to fight the power systems that are out there, um, doing what I can to use my privilege to do that in my specific instance. Um, I'm educated. I have a lot of, I have a lot of privilege and a lot of um, places that I can do this work and I have a book contract. And uh, so everybody should do what they can and, you know, in any place they can. And if I'm so blessed to be in a spot where I can do work to do truth telling and make it public, 
and actually use my gifts as a researcher to do that. Uh, I that's that's what my life's work is and, and, and my passion is. Um, so justice and work can mean something to everybody, but for me, it personally means doing everything that I can within my own means, which is a lot. And so I will always, I will always do what I can to break down uh, systems of power that are barriers to other people. Wow. Well said. Well said. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, that's, uh, the book will come out in, uh, when did you say in the fall? In the fall is what we're hoping. It's been pushed back a lot because of the pandemic, like everything else. <laughs> but I think this is going to be the final one. <laughs> well, and I noticed on Barnes or on, uh, not Barnes and Noble, but Amazon, uh, you can, uh, you can get the book uh, and put get or at least pay for it and wait for it. That's uh, pretty awesome. Pre-orders are um, options at Amazon and at Barnes and Noble, um, and a couple of other retailers too. So, um, the book is called "To Banish Forever: A Secret Society, the Ho Chunk, and Ethnic Cleansing in Minnesota." So, uh, make sure if you're interested, you uh, find some place where you can get a pre-order for that or um, sign up for um, an alert so that you can get it when it comes out and, um, you know, keep up with that. Is there any place where people can read your, um, your, your thesis? Sure. It's on uh, St. Cloud State University, uh, the repository there. I can, I have a link for it right here. Actually, I can pop it in. It's, um, if you Google extermination or remover, removal in my name, it'll come up. It's from St. Cloud State University where they publish all of their theses. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I will uh, t check that out and I'm going to post it in our comments for people who are listening as well. I got, uh, I, I just uh, Googled Kathy's name and put Ho Chunk in there and it popped right up. So, Kathy, uh, any last, uh, last thoughts before we let you go? Um, no, I just, um, Really, I was really happy to be on, and I hope to be on again once the book actually comes out. <laughs> well, you definitely will, and I want to say, Peeny Gigi, thank you so, so much for, one, doing this, because you have the capacity and the interest, and also, really, Peeny Gigi, for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Yes, anytime. <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Talk to you soon. Wow, Ogama, um, I love history. And so that was uh, really fun for me to listen and to read her uh, her thesis and mm -hmm. excited that uh, there's truth tellers out there, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, there's it, it's almost it, there's so many truth tellers that are out there that are Native people. And it's really refreshing to see allied people like Kathy stepping up to that plate to do that truth telling, because I think that... Um, you know, it, it's a burden for, for a lot of Native people to have to be the ones to always carry the knowledge of those stories and to, to be the ones who are advocating for that, for that knowledge to be carried, for the weight of that knowledge to be carried. But, you know, I, I think we run the risk, too, as Native people is coming off as angry when we bring up these things and, and don't get me wrong. I am mad about, mm -hmm. you know, these things not being included in history and in curriculum and, um, you know, just the general scope of knowledge for people, but it's not from a place of spite that I think that we need to know these things. It's just that people need to know nobody, nobody really blames, um, you know, people, well, I mean, they, they blame the Nazis, but but nobody sits down and and blames themselves, per se, when it comes to talking about the Holocaust in Europe, the Jewish Holocaust. Like that's that's the same kind of mentality that we need to have when we're talking about this ethnic cleansing and those things that happened here in Minnesota and in the larger United States. We need to just have that idea that we need to make sure that this never happens again. And that's why we have to know about it. Yeah, exactly. And a really good point. And I, I think it's, it's, we, we are such a small percentage of the population here now and, uh, in the United States and in the Americas, and we need all, uh, our white allies to step it up. And so it was refreshing to see this it, very interesting. And, and I think, uh, 
the they changed uh, the title. Uh, she was telling me this, and probably to have uh, you know the secret society banished forever and talk about. And she said a lot of people are really going to be interested in um, the Knights of the Forest, but along with being interested in that uh, Ho Chunk's history. And the removal is intertwined with with that story. So, what? However, we can get the story out there, right? Yeah, absolutely. And secret societies are kind of one of those fun hobbies that I think people like to know about. And right. I think finding if finding out about those things is what helps them to find out about the truth about the Ho Chunk history. That's really good too. And. Um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that something similar happened um, to the Dakota people here in Minnesota and right. the Dakota people are still exiled from the state of Minnesota. And if that's something that you're interested in, too, there's a really great book. Um, it's called What Does Justice Look Like? The Struggle mm-hmm. for Liberation in Dakota Homelands. It's by uh, Wajatawi, um, Ph.D. So that is a wonderful, wonderful book. Um I believe I have a copy signed by her and I was just using it in some of my um, college coursework uh, just this week. And, um, you know, it was really good to hear Kathy too talking about these two different things. Cause I, my thought was I'd, I hadn't heard of very much that was written about the, the Ho-Chunk um, mm-hmm. ethnic cleansing that happened here as well. Well, I've always said too, and you fit in this demographic that people that are, uh, 40 and older really know how uh, embedded Ho-Chunk are in the state of Minnesota uh, before they were states, as uh, Kathy mentioned, and uh, also that uh, we've been here for 10,000 years. So, And also, uh, Ogama, as you probably know, we were one of the original treaty signers in 1855 here in Minnesota. So this is our land, too, and uh, we share it with, with everybody, and uh, we just want to be recognized that... Uh, we we're still here and we haven't all been removed you know i know uh there's at least 600 um ho-chunk in the, living in this state and also the winnebago nebraska which is ho-chunk too people that live here in minnesota for many different reasons but it's exciting to talk about and uh, stay tuned right Yes, absolutely. It's, it's really important and exciting to talk about. So we're really grateful to those people who are coming on to talk about this and who are doing that work. Right on. Hey, Ogama Pinigigi, for all your work and on the news and then helping support Native Roots Radio, as you always do, and Kathy Coates, Pinigigi, for being on. If you're listening to this show, you are part of the resistance from Chief Plenty Coops, the ground on which we stand on is sacred ground. It is the blood of our ancestors. We need to resist, divest, join a group, run for office. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. Free Leonard Peltier now.